Welcome to the T-Hud Podcast. I'm Moby. I'm Leland Steele. And I'm Otto. Yes, yes. Listener, I don't know how we did it, but uh, after two lame months, I think it was, of just myself and Leland, we have finally uh, brought back a whoa, guest whoa, whoa. Half lame, maybe. <laughs> what is half lame, dude? Half of those, half of those episodes is great because half of it is me. Oh, oh, okay. That's <laughs> speak for yourself. That's hey, pretty... If you want to call yourself lame, you can go ahead. But <laughs> I'm far from lame. I'm sorry, Mister Professional, who just came from four hours of recording his other podcast. Yeah, that was uh, it's a bit of a marathon today. It's a bit of a marathon. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I um, wanted to welcome Otto aboard with uh, his YouTube channel, uh, Nerdy Overanalyzed, channel I uh, stumbled on probably a couple months ago, Otto. So uh, welcome aboard there. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. Thanks for reaching out. Uh, you're, you're, you're welcome there. Listener, Otto, Otto's channel runs some really good uh, battle tech stuff that we're going to dive into. Um, we're going to kind of get into the specifics of what the channel's covering. Uh, where it's going, but uh, so far it's got some good uh, analysis on various mechs, and Otto has a, a really unique perspective how he goes through his videos that I really like. Um, as I said, we're going to dive through that in one of our segments. Um, the other segment we're going to talk about what does an up-and-coming YouTuber do as far as research for his channel, for algorithms, uh, figure out how to actually build a brand and make this a, a profitable, hopefully, one day um, endeavor. So, should be interesting, Otto, and I'm I'm excited to, to hear about it. So, hope you're excited to uh, kind of pull back the Wizard of Oz curtain a little bit for us. Yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, I don't know uh, a whole lot, right? I uh, started maybe a couple months ago, but uh, yeah, happy to share um, most of what I know. Awesome. Well, we do usually uh, start this off with our banter uh, section there, where we kind of bring uh, one to two pieces of pop culture news, uh, nothing really uh, that we've previously discussed, uh, and we just kind of discuss it off the cuff for about uh, 10 or 15 minutes there. Um, so Leland, uh, I don't know, did you happen to bring anything? I do, yeah, yeah. You want me to go first? Yeah, let's go first, and we'll rotate... Uh, to myself and then Otto, if he's got something back to you. Okay. Uh, well, actually, I think it announced officially the week that we are recording this. Anyways, uh, there is going to be a, a cheaper version of Netflix filled with ads coming at uh, the beginning of November. Run by Netflix or is it? Yeah, no, it's, company? it's like a, it's a, it's a another level of subscription for, for Netflix. Uh. So I think they just call, I think they literally call it basic with ads. It's like Netflix basic with ads launching November 1st in Canada at five ninety nine. I think it's the third in the U S at six ninety nine. It's going to have a downgraded quality to 720 P and you'll ex you'll experience experience about four to five minutes of ads before and during your show. And you also will not get the entire catalog due to licensing restrictions. Uh, which Netflix says they are currently working on and trying to possibly get a workaround. I don't know what, don't know what they're going to do. Uh, but I know you also will not be able to download a show to watch, uh, like off a network or, or whatever. How much is it right now? It's like 13 bucks 
How much I pay? How much am I paying for that? I have Netflix. I've seen that they say it ranges from nine ninety nine to twenty ninety nine at the top of its subscription. I don't even know what I pay for mine. I, honestly, yeah, I think it. I'm guessing it's around thirty. I should check that. I haven't. <laughs> Those subscription things just keep going, and I don't bother. I don't know what any. Honestly, I don't know what any of them cost. <laughs> oh, go- yeah, oh god! Probably bad. No wonder our bank accounts are going down at the end of each month. It's like you subscribe <laughs> to three or four streaming services nowadays, you're broke. It's funny because we used to talk about cutting the cord for cable because cable is too expensive. Now you just get three or four streaming services and you're right back at like cable levels. So Yeah, they're all fighting for uh and it's all like fractionated now. I think someone else was talking about that too, yeah. But at- ads for uh i know they're hurt i i if there was some kind of like uh psh, earnings report right where they said like they're losing subscribers or something with uh netflix are yeah. they trying to like get them back that way yeah i think this is clearly a part of you know their way to to try to get the increase of revenue that they have seen over the past like decade plus right honestly i really think we're at a point with the streaming services that especially netflix especially obviously being the grandfather of them they can't possibly keep expecting the growth that they've experienced in the lifetime of the company. Like you're going to hit a cap eventually there. I mean, we're at it. The market is saturated as fuck. The cap is here. I guess it's, I mean, innovative isn't even the word. This is not an innovation on Netflix's part. This is like, well, shit, we're finally got to put some ads in here. Yeah. It's like, I know for me, if I see a show that I like, like I'll, buy it i'll buy the service for like a month and then i'll just watch it right and then i'll and then i'll just cancel it right yeah. afterwards yeah. so would you be more inclined to uh buy that service for a month at a lower price with ads i mean i don't watch a. <laughs> it sounds lame to say but i don't watch too many shows like i'll watch uh maybe like the highlights on youtube and then i'll watch um and then i'll like watch you like most of my stuff is like youtube or like twitch streams yeah but uh, it's interesting. I don't know. How do they pick? Like, it's hard for them, right? Because they have to pick the shows that they think are going to do well. But they don't have, and they have to compete against, like, Amazon and other streaming services to, like, buy, those, buy and develop those shows, right? So I can see how it's, like, yeah, it's more, it'd be more, it's a more difficult game to play rather than YouTube, I'm going to say, <laughs> where, where, like, people are ever making everything and whatever is popping off is the, is the thing you push. But then you, as an, as a movie producer, you have to try and guess. I, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the whole business, but, uh, no, I, I see your point. I see your point. And it really does seem like an arms race, especially between Amazon Prime and, uh, Netflix. It's like they're both competing to build bigger and better shows, or at least bigger and more expensive shows. Um, and to do that, they have been like, jacking up every nine months uh your uh subscription fees and at some point something's got to break i mean netflix has started now canceling shows that they made before they even release them um and i think disney has done that is it disney or dc i think it's more dc actually has done that with their uh their film properties and it's it's just getting insane and you can only push people so far like you know, parents are going to want their Disney Plus, and if they have to pile on, you know, thirty bucks for Netflix on top of that, like eventually they're going to get to a breaking point. And Leland and I have talked about this a number of times on the channel. Did they cancel the Batman movie, or was that like a spoof? I just Bat saw that Girl. 
Batgirl, yeah. Batwoman, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they said it was, like, almost done, right? That's weird. It was full, fully complete, as far as I know. <laughs> oh, man. So, <laughs> all right. So, I, I, don't, I don't think, I mean, more options is always good for the consumer. So, this makes sense. But when, how long is it going to take before they start creeping up the price of the ad, the basic with ads? Like they've done with the normal subscription over time, right? like you're you're never gonna get there's no added value anymore to any of this shit right the i don't i don't believe that the paying for a specific show is the added value anymore enough to 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 keep these subscriptions and and maybe that is dependent on the subscription because i think of like in canada crave which you can add on like hbo stuff Maybe some of that HBO stuff is good enough for somebody to subscribe to Crave. I know Moby, you routinely just subscribe for the month, watch whatever you need, and then get rid of it. Like with Peacemaker, you've mentioned that before. P- Peacemaker and Picard on Crave. So, um, you know, they release at different times of the year. So I'm essentially on Crave like six months of the year, and then I cancel it for the other six months. Um, Unfortunately, how other streaming services drop things now, um, they kind of trap you. Uh, Disney Plus, especially, like the, with their temple Star Wars franchises, they'll they'll drop episodes once a week, just to the point where a show finishes and a new show's ready to start that I want to watch. Uh, <laughs> so they, they just right. that <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, they know they know what they're doing for sure. They know the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they know the game, but. Yeah, I mean, I've really cut back. I YouTube is my favorite. Um, there's lots of, you know, subscriber or sorry, subscriptions that I have that I really want to watch. Nerdy Overanalyzed is one of them, but there's probably like 30 others. And so for me to have an ad-free experience on YouTube is actually my priority. So I've been on YouTube Red for four years. Like I was an early really? adopter. Really early adopter. Yeah. Uh, and no, no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> do they give you the? Uh, do they give you the subscription? I know because they're trying to get into the live. They're going up against the thing that I'm looking at is they're they're going up against Twitch, right? They're going up against Amazon on the Twitch side of things for the live streaming. They're a little behind, but um, like I I've been more looking at yeah live. Stream. So do they give you a free sub for? for red or no what do you mean by a like give a, a free sub like a free subscriber yeah yeah so like on um so they call them subs on twitch it's weird because they call them subs on twitch but they call them i don't know what they call them on um they call them memberships i think yeah yeah YouTube. yeah memberships that's right because you already subscribe to youtube channels so you've become a member now of their fan base i don't know i'm not sure exactly what it's supposed to mean but it it's it looks similar to Twitch. So with Twitch, if you see a streamer that you like, you can subscribe to them, and it's like five dollars a month for that one guy or that one performer, and then um, then you get an ad free experience for them, and then you get like unlock emotes. So it's kind of like gamified. So you can spam like their special emotes gamified. that they have in the chat. Yeah, and then uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you get one free subscription a month on. Twitch and that I think that's like seventy percent of ad rev for like the larger streamers I think, um, but then on the other side on YouTube um, you have the same thing but instead of subscriptions they're called memberships and I think the VTubers that I watch uh, they'll have like member members only uh, streams 
So like that's the premium content where you can like have a little bit more of a more personalized experience or a behind the scenes oh, kind okay. of look, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seems like a a mix or like this weird cross section of of Twitch and like something like Patreon or something, right? Like offering yeah, specific yeah. members exclusive content uh, as the as the draw. I'm gonna say no. I don't get any. Uh, free memberships because uh, now that you mention it i do have a membership that was gifted to me to a certain channel um someone was just like gifting them so <laughs> but uh yeah no, my my youtube red or youtube i still always call it youtube red but it's youtube premium now it uh gives me just a, an ad free experience also the algorithms are really good for suggesting new channels i really like the algorithms overall so it's good good stuff it's it's hard to go back because the ads are just so intrusive it's like watch to get into the you know youtube video go for five minutes another ad five more minutes another ad like it's it's pretty extreme even compared to what tv was in my opinion so i don't know never tried it out i think uh i've just been i've just been living with them <laughs> on twitch they're more uh they're more, a lot more intrusive yeah, they're like three-minute ads, or sometimes they're like a minute and a half to get into the show. Right. Yeah, it's like five or six 30-second ads back to back to back to back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and streamers can run an ad roll, too, when they need to, to take a break as well, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, I don't know. The thing, the, this, this, the, so they say that their ads will be 15 to 30 seconds long, but you get four to five minutes of that. So that's like minimum eight interruptions. And what if you're watching a show, like a sitcom show, that's like 23 minutes long? Five minutes of the 20-minute episode is going to be ads? That's that's nuts. That's way too much. Now, obviously, if you're watching a movie that's 90-plus minutes, that's a, a little more bearable. But even so, I, I don't want an ad in my movie. I can tolerate it maybe in like a TV show. But you're gonna watch. You're sit down to watch a movie and then have to have a fucking ad break in the middle of your movie. Imagine if you got that in a theater experience. Yeah, it would totally take you out of. I do watch the highlights for like TV shows, like House of the Dragon stuff. It's like, oh, let me show all the show me all the spicy like red wedding parts. Yeah, yeah, the the things that generate the content for for creators. Okay, well, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, that was actually one of my two banters that I brought anyway, so that's okay that uh, we we dug into that one for a bit. The more minor one, per se, that I brought to the table is uh, just wondering if any of you have seen the Avatar 2 trailer. If so, does, do you even care? Does anybody care about Avatar anymore? Nope. Not one bit. Didn't they... I saw, like, uh, Avatar 1 was back in theaters. Was that because they're promoting avatar 2 what are I they mean, doing in avatar 2 aren't two? they promoting avatar 2 3 4 5 and 6 <laughs> like yeah, fuck, there, there's come like on. There, Otto, there's like fucking four ridiculous. more after the original like being made concurrently yeah all the way to avatar 5 leland's pretty close it's it's up to avatar 5 it's like all james cameron is doing until 2028 <laughs> i'm serious what happened in the first avatar they went to like they they like they invaded the blue people planet and then the blue people like worshiped a tree, right? And they got like superpowers and they fought off the humans. Fought back. Yeah, they fought off the humans. 
Uh, this teaser trailer, I don't know what is happening. There's no talking in the teaser trailer. There's just actually like a really, in my opinion, a really nice soothing song that I've now downloaded. It's just like Avatar trailer two song, but it's all underwater. It's very aquatic theme. They're like swimming in, I think, a sunken spaceship. They're like swimming, holding on to whales. So yeah, I, I don't think it's called the price of water, but uh, it's something Avatar two, <laughs> something water. I know when they like make movies, right? They like with part of their contract is like, yeah, if this pops off, you're you're hooked in for like two and three, right? The trilogy. Well, I, I think in the case of the Avatar, weren't they waiting for the technology? Were they to advance? Yeah, I think that was oh. a big thing of it. I know James Cameron's other like his last film didn't do super well, right? The one with like the knights or whatever. That one looks super cool, but I haven't I haven't watched it yet. I heard that's actually a very good movie, but I haven't seen it. <laughs> Apparently nobody else did. So Yeah, it's it's well, I mean, it's been hard to release a movie, you know, during the pandemic, uh, which is pretty much over, I guess, now, but um, you know, it was uh a lot of movies did bad when they were released and kind of Top Gun 2 was really the only hit or the first hit emerging from the pandemic. Hola, Tommy Cruise coming back. I I quite liked it. Top Gun 1 is my favorite movie of all time. Top Gun 2 doesn't quite reach that, but it's still decent. So, uh, but yeah, it, it really kind of was the only one to make a lot of money. Yeah, I think movie i mean some businesses are really hurting right like movie theaters are like we're like done right pretty much i think they're on their way out <laughs> avatar is gonna save them. <laughs> avatar, avatar three really? four five so? it's gonna say i don't know fuck. i'm not gonna see these i'm not seeing these fucking movies yeah they keep pushing it like oh like you have to go and see it in theaters because it's whatever the movie experience but i don't know man i I don't know if they can draw people to movies anymore. I think it's, I think people are just going to stream it. You could just stream it to their house. The problem is, so when Avatar 1 came out, which I believe was 2009, so like 13 years ago, you know, it was an experience to get that amazing 3D. I remember like the little tree jellyfish, like floating in front of my eyes, me on my seat trying to grab them because it was a new thing. And nobody really cared that the story was like, fern gully adapted pretty mm -hmm. much no, yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> very very accurate. but like now what is the what now what is the hook right like if they're thinking for avatar two three four five that we're all in on the story that it's like wow i've been waiting 13 years to see where this story has gone no i don't care about the story it was a very forgettable bland story so they're going to have to offer some other hook. I may see it just out of nostalgia's sake, but like, unless it blows my mind, there's no way I would be invested enough to either one, see it a second time, which I saw the first Avatar a bunch of times, or see Avatar 3, 4, 5. It's like, why? They seem so safe now. Not to like, just keep hammering on like Hollywood, but like, there's very little innovation I think because it costs so much to it seems like it just costs so much to make those movies and it's such a gamble that they don't want to spend money on making anything new right they'd rather just be like okay we're going to remake West Side Story 
because we know that worked before which is a little bit of a a little sad because you, you unless you're like an established producer right you can't really make anything new so it's like the innovation i think is coming from has to come from from other places and it's just so risky for them i don't know no no i i agree and i think the um, <laughs> i think a lot of what like disney has done with the mcu uh and the incredible amount of profits they generate from majority of their movies it's also tainted every other studio because now it's like well we're either not going to do this project or it has to make all of the money like it doesn't even need to make some it doesn't even need to be profitable anymore it has to be excessively profitable for for a major studio to really get behind it you know what i mean and i mean that also like production costs of film is just also rising just like the cost of everything else so that's always going to factor into it and it's going to it just eats into profits it does nothing but eat into profits and there's just there's just i think there's just too much competition are they doing even even mcu's not doing well right anymore because like uh they had the they had the thanos thing and then the next one was like spider-man which was like i guess was everyone thought it was okay but it wasn't amazing and then they had Doctor Strange, which people said was kind of junk. And then they had Thor. They have Thor, and pe- people said that was kind of junk. Yeah, Love and Thunder. Yeah, I mean these yeah. movies, like they, yeah, they, they don't make like money like they used to, I guess. But at this point, the MCU train is uh, uh, rolling, and <laughs> nothing's gonna stop it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The one thing I did like was notable that was good that came out of Disney was like. Uh, that I thought was good was like the Rogue One, where they where they took a little bit of a more gritty um, take on Star Wars. That yeah. I thought was was good, but then I don't know how. I don't know what I mean if they're gonna they can redo that or like make another something that's. Hey, if you've got Disney Plus, uh, I'd highly recommend Andor. Um, it's prequel show to roll Rogue One made by the same guy that made Rogue uh... One. And it's the exact same kind of feel. He really nails it. So very gritty, no no lightsabers, no mentions of Jedi or anything like that. Just all like politics, really want really well done Empire uh too. The the guy really nails the Imperials. And and yeah, just excellent casting. So I I can recommend that if you like Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. So, uh, <laughs> well, Otto, did you happen to bring any uh, pieces of, of news for the banter? Oh, yeah. Let's see. What was I doing? I mean, I'm I'm down to just keep talking about uh, movie and video game stuff. Let's see. What was I? I had something as as we we're uh, as we we're going, but I think pretty much. I mean, I'm pretty focused on just like the way I consume my media is YouTube is um, kind of like smaller Twitch streamers, um, just sitting hanging out with them uh chatting with them um and then not too much not too many like big movies um not too many big movies um if if i'm yeah if anything i'm watching like the highlights on on youtube which 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 is why the the other two um pieces of news were so interesting to me because i don't i don't watch it just i think it's just the the consumer is just shifting right the way that they consume media and they consume entertainment like definitely uh youtube's like cutting into right the smaller streamer that it's is cutting into 
the big box stuff because it's it's so much it's so personalized and it's so like you can just find exactly kind of like what you want and you can find a small smaller person that's like taking more risks or like doing something really uh creative where where all where yeah where it's risky to be creative in hollywood and i think where hollywood does one is like the special effects right yeah, I, I would agree, especially with some of the, the smaller and up-and-coming YouTube channels. I think they have the added dimension of being able to interact with the content creator if they so choose, like in the comments section, um, or you know, if you subscribe to their Patreon, if they've got one or something like that. And and I really enjoy that with certain content creators. Like I like giving them feedback and you know continuing on in the discussion sometimes in the comment sections and you're never ever going to get that with anything you see on streaming or a movie screen or anything like that so yeah the one-on-one personal stuff for like streams and stuff um with like a smaller streamer with like 20 you know if they got like less than 25 pretty you know you can actually talk to them and stuff yeah awesome well let's uh let's jump into our uh main segment then here or first i should say of two main Segments. So I'll lead us off on uh, this segment, which is our uh, video game variety show. Uh, this segment is titled Big Nerdy Robots because I really couldn't think of anything else. And um, I mean, <laughs> I wanted to talk a little bit about Otto's channel in this one, but I, I did want to get th- have this particular segment a little more focused on Battletech, whereas the next segment we'll talk a little bit more about channels the specifically. channel okay. sure yeah yeah and and so i mean Otto, i guess i'll start with the the biggest picture question is what prompted you to create a battle check battle tech themed uh channel specifically well i think first um before i started this um i wanted to do something i thought that there's a big uh vtuber trend so i wanted to do like live streaming and i also want to do youtube because i knew that amazon and uh amazon and google were kind of going at it with streaming and i wasn't sure yeah um what to stream on so i started twitch and i started uh youtube and then for youtube it was either between dungeons and dragons content or BattleTech content because that's kind of what I had been, I had been consuming a bunch of Battletech content. Um, and I felt that Battletech was smaller um, and kind of easier to kind of get your foot in the door where there are a lot of uh, like D&D creators. Um, so I tried like one D&D video that didn't do super well. And then um, and then I was like, hey, you know, let me just, um, let me just do Battletech. This is, you know, it's a, the community is a little smaller. It's a little easier to stand out. Um, and I and I and I I like you know liked both of the BattleTech um, stuff and and D and D stuff. So I just kind of went with uh, went with BattleTech. Um, it's a game that you know I've enjoyed for a while. So and when you dove into doing your channel on BattleTech, did you have a lot of the information because you had you know played some of the games previously? Did you have a lot of that in your head, or did you have to do a lot of research for your videos? Um, so for Battletech Tabletop, I didn't have a whole lot of experience. I played uh, something called Megamech, which is like a free game that you can download and play like a campaign or a one-off game. So I played a bunch of uh, Megamech and like um, the campaign and then, but that was like pretty much the limit with, uh, with t- Tabletop Classic. Um, I was familiar with the IP from like Mech Warrior Online from the Battletech 2018 game, but it was just a lot of study. And part of it, part of it is rediscovering the game because um, 
yeah, so it was a lot of spreadsheets, basically a lot, like, a lot of spreadsheets, a lot of putting things in, a lot of uh, trying to figure out like, okay, how does this table chain into that table and trying to come up with, just trying to find some insights on how to properly pilot the robots and probably, I don't know, just dive into the lore and yeah, a lot of research, a lot of, a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, it comes off like you're an expert, and I, I mean that as a, a compliment. Like, from right away, if you had told me you'd played the tabletop for a decade, I would have believed you, just with all the armor points and, and stuff like that. And it's, uh, you've got a really uh, uh, charming way of doing it, where you've got your orange slime who's basically briefing a mech, uh, mech commander um, of a mercenary group. And where did you where did you get the idea to have the little slime boy? What is his official name, by the way? Does he have an official name? Uh, yeah, Otto. Otto Otto Uchiyumi is the is the Otto YouTuber. Uchi. Yeah. So um, where did I get it? Uh, I played a lot of Dungeons and Dragons, so it was it was kind of natural um, to kind of do some like role playing stuff. And I saw um, there's another channel that does BattleTech called uh, Tech Talks or something like that. I think is yes. Yeah, he's like kind of the big, um, I think probably one of the bigger ones um, in the Battletech space. And he has a character called Tex that he role plays as a mercenary. It's like, yeah, I could, I could play like a mech tech or something and, you know, be like a little advisor. I thought about like, hey, when you're playing these mech warrior games, like what's the fantasy? And the fantasy to me was, hey, the when you're playing those games, you're like the leader of your own mercenary company, right? So we just kind of play into the fantasy and just be, um, be a little advisor mech tech guy <laughs> talk to him about uh his mercenary company how to min max it yeah yeah it 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 works and he's uh he's a charming little guy that auto me just he's hell, always happy and bouncing around and and uh happy to help there so <laughs> i don't know <laughs> leland have you seen any of the videos in in the prep for a guest here i know i'm kind of putting you on the spot uh i think the yeah you sent me a couple that i've watched but like I was pretty lost because I don't really know much about BattleTech. I have mm, yeah. barely played the 2018 game. I think oh, I, okay. I tried the first mission and, and couldn't get through it my first go at it. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I'm actually I'm, I'm super interested in, in trying the TTRPG. Um, I'm definitely a, Ooh, uh, a big do. role player for sure. I don't know about the TTRPG. No? No? <laughs> it's skippable? Like, uh Unless you're into mil, it's a lot of mil sim. So it's like unless you're into military sim, which I never was into, like the role play aspect of military sim simulation. Okay. I was more like grand strategy stuff. So like, yeah. um, Stellaris was like kind of my jam. But for role playing stuff, I, I mean, there's a lot of ways to experience it, experience the game. I guess it just wasn't my thing. I just don't know. I don't just don't know how I would dungeon master it. Right. But you, you give a shot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit, I can, I can run anything. I can run anything. <laughs> so uh, in the early days of your channel, how have you picked uh, which mechs to build your videos so far? Like, it seems you've been starting with mostly light mechs, but you just hit up the awesome recently. A lot of it was there are m many eras to play in the um, in the setting, right? And so I picked the simplest setting. So I started from like the beginning of the game where... Um, the year is like 3025. So I cut down on the data set. Um, so which is like the basic rules. And then I cut down again by taking the light, just the light mechs, because they're the simplest. They were like the simplest to me for me to understand. Um, and then just analyze the heck out of 
um, the light mechs and then kind of get a handle on that. And um, simultaneously, while playing the light mechs and playing the simulator, started playing my you know my friend. And then those mechs that the awesome is in the um, is in the starter box. Like if you buy the um, yeah, so it's it's and it's it's one of the easier ones to understand because it's only got like one weapon. It's got like three of the same weapon, I guess. That one was pretty easy, um, easier to understand. And then the one we dropped today was the Thunderbolt, which is like uh, I played you know a bunch of times in the simulator, a bunch of times, um, both against and with it. So like I feel like once I've understood, could understand and get a handle on the simpler mechs and the simpler tech, then I can kind of just slowly kind of step up. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense. So uh, for both listener and Leland to take an incredibly detailed lore and compress it incredibly basic, uh, what Otto is talking about in 3025, the year 3025, by that point, humanity has spread out from Earth, also known as Terra, to form a number of great houses. I forget if there's five or six. It sometimes changes. And these great houses have their their territories around earth in the center. But what happens soon after is this group of humans, which were part of this galaxy wide police force that years and years ago took the best technology and flew away to the outer rim. They come back as a very changed society called the clans. They're basically now they, they give birth in like vats mixing their DNA with like their warrior clan leaders and uh, they have very advanced technology. But what Otto is essentially saying is that by starting with 3025, he cuts down on the amount of mechs because you really only have the inner sphere mechs until the clans come. And then they have their whole set of crazy mechs, which have like different versions of the same classifications of like lasers and stuff like that, different armor types. So that's what he means by by simplifying the set so so how much of how much of that lore is in the the 2018 battletech video game yeah so the 2018 battletech game um is in 30 i think it's around like 3025 so it's around the starter tech stuff so it's basically like if you think of um like feudalism right so like basically like medieval times like it's basically like game of thrones in space with mechs (laughs) So yeah, so it's it's there, and then you're playing. You're a mercenary fighting for um a woman who like lost control of her like small little empire throne thing, and you help her win it back. You basically help space Daenerys, Daenerys Targaryen, fight her uncle and take the throne. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean that's basically what that. it is, right? Yeah. So yeah, so so in in there, that's the, that's basically like the tech that I'm that I'm covering, and it's one of the more popular times to play in. So you, there's like that one, and then after that, um, there's like the they find this artifact called like the Gray Helm Memory Core, which brings about like a technological renaissance. So they have like they get some new tech. They like the, the expansion pack basically comes out, and you get this new tech, and then the next expansion comes out, and then um, the the people that left the inner sphere come back and like they're the alien invaders come to like reclaim their birthright and then everyone loses their shit (laughs) because they have all like uh it's are you familiar with a warhammer barely 
Oh, okay. So it's like it's like that dystopian thing where like there's technological regression basically. So like all like the old stuff's good and like yeah. So like the inner sphere, the place that you're like living in goes through like technological regression, but the clans don't. So like they're like they have like 300 year like you're fighting like, you know, um fighter jets and like your World War 2 biplane or whatever your little World War 2 plane because they've just got so much better stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, it's pretty cool how they uh, stop the invasion. Basically, there's a galaxy-wide telecommunications company that's armed called Comstar. And the thing about the clans is, like a clan, it's kind of like, almost like the Klingons off of Star Trek. Like, they have a sense of honor that they can't deny. So Comstar basically offers the clans, let's fight for one planet, really like, I think, six targets on one planet and if the clanners win then humanity basically surrenders and says go take earth but if humanity if the inner sphere beats the clanners then they had to stop their invasion for 15 years <laughs> is this a mortal combat tournament or what like, yeah it's basically like kind, uh, kind of yeah we'll fight that's, for the that's awesome. fight for the future of the galaxy in this one world <laughs> Yeah, cool. and uh, basically they did a really good defense. They like had like mechs that were like dead mechs, but like rigged with bombs. They had mines everywhere, like, and they basically trapped every ambush point. They trapped the clanners, so they were able to negate. Still have very high losses, but they were able to negate uh, the the clans, and uh, it was a big turning point. I think the the clans all have names like Jade Falcon or Smoke Jaguar things like that um i think they really weakened they, they really weakened two or three clans to the point that they were never able to recover and they later collapsed um but anyways yeah the inner sphere actually won that it's pretty cool in the game mech warrior 2 that i used to play the hell out of in the 90s the very last mission is you get to take part in that battle oh really oh yeah it's really awesome. It starts like, you got to remember, this is like mid-90s here, but like they go all out. You've got like the moment your mech boots up, you've got like waves of Aerostar fighters flying over your head that you don't control, but they do an airstrike on like this mountain ridge that then you immediately start walking forward because you've had the air support. There's the dummy mechs blowing up everywhere. You have to avoid mines. But it does a really good job of kind of showing that complex battle in 1990s polygon fighting. It's pretty cool. Um, one of the things I, I, I wanted to ask you, Otto, I mean, Leland's not going to know what the hell we're talking about. But do, do you have any favorite mechs, like a couple that you really like? I played mostly like MechWarrior Online, so I liked playing light mechs uh, because my aim was trash. And I liked shot calling. So with the light mech, you could uh, run around and kind of like scout. And then you just were faster than everyone. So like you didn't have to like aim good. You could just <laughs> run faster than them and then uh, just like face hug them and sh shoot them in the back. So I like the Piranha. Uh, it has like 12 machine guns yes. uh, and like three lasers. Yeah. So you just um, use a little buzz saw and you can shot call. That's cool. That's cool. I can I can respect. Yeah, because I played mostly the BattleTech uh, 2018 PC game. I mean, obviously, it's very different than MechWarrior Online. I'm much more of a heavy mech guy. Like, uh, I I like the Atlas, but I probably more like 
I don't know, I'll take a king crab, another 100 ton mech, and I'll just load it up with like, I'll, I'll load it up either, I've got one I play that has five snub PPCs and then just like a ton of heat sinks. So it's like five shotguns, five laser shotguns. And then I've got another, <laughs> I've got another one that's like three LBX or three, yeah, three LB20Xs, autocannon 20s, but the shotgun version. Yeah, somehow I've loaded that on to to a mech i think i've got that on an annihilator though not on a king crab and then i put a mortar in its shoulder i really like the area of effect weapons when you get them they're very expensive but i like uh, to really soften the enemy up with the, the area of effect uh and yeah i like i like close quarter combat and just ripping things open with shotguns giant shotguns I think I have like a lot of games on uh, the Assassin 21, which runs basically like SRMs, which is like the medium version of the, like you just run around with a shotgun and just blast people in the back and uh, shield with your arms and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see those guys, like when I was young, when I was playing the uh, Mech Warrior 2, which I, I guess that's an action filled game, but I would always love mechs like uh, the Catapult, the Bombardier, where you just had like LRM 20s, long range missile 20s. Leland, which are basically the largest missiles and i just lock on because you could lock on in that game from like a distance <laughs> just sit back firing missiles okay won the mission next mission i don't know why that was even fun yeah i was gonna say <laughs> this zero sounds like zero challenge <laughs> it's fun it's also fun in mech warrior online because you can uh you used to be able to like uh drop with like eight people or like a bunch of people i think you could have 12 but uh, but now you can only jump with four. But you could like when we were playing that game, you could run like compositions. So you could run like, okay, we're gonna all take shotgun mechs and we're just gonna bum rush them, and then they'll lose because they have like a balanced force. But you just go all in and you just like run at them. But then the other composition you can run is all LRMs. So you have like like two, three like big mechs just loaded to the gills with LRMs, and then you have one guy with like a uh, stealth armor and then he runs around with like a um, like a homing missile or like a, it shoots a missile and then it like marks them so all the missiles home in on that one guy oh man <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you just <laughs> you just sit in the back and then just one year all right this guy's like i tag this guy and everyone just like launches their hundred missiles and just deletes some guy and then, you, then he like type rages at you like <laughs> for like just basically like yeah it's like yes <laughs> music to my why'd ears. you kill me yeah that's There's awesome you can do about it lrms are fun <laughs> lrms are fun that's uh yeah that could be the the theme of this segment lrms are fun that's what i should have called it where is your channel going as far as um i mean if you want to disclose give our listener a little uh preview maybe some upcoming mechs you're doing or special videos or anything like that yeah um i think well the goal is i think it's possible to become um the best chat the best battletech channel uh in the world right um or the best battletech channel on on youtube um i think it's definitely i think it's it's a it's an interesting goal for myself so right now just going through um all like the introductory mechs because i kind of want to grow the hobby and get people into it so there's a really good value um box uh to buy called the game of armored combat so i'm going through uh going through those mechs um right now and then after that i feel i have like a handle on the game or have enough um understanding of the game to like 
kind of taken in a in and just make the best content um within in, in BattleTech possible. What's your uh like I don't know if I should say the word policy, but um you know, as your channel grows, are you still going to try to interact a lot with fans in the comment section like I know you do right now? Or are you going to have to pull back on that? Or I'm just kind of wondering, how, how much do you feel it's a priority as you grow fan interaction? I think eventually I'll probably want to go into streaming. Um, I did practice like two and a half months on Twitch with streaming. Um, and then I just cut cut that because I could see that my channel, my the, the Battletech channel is doing a lot better. Um, but I do want to get back into streaming. I think that'll give a lot more um, high touch in terms of um, like a personalized experience. Who was it? It was like the ex-CEO of Disney. Whereas like people want these days um, like a very personalized experience. Like they want to meet Mickey Mouse. They don't want to, that's like why they go to Disneyland, right? So you can meet Mickey Mouse and like touch and interact with Mickey Mouse. And so if that's like the meta of entertainment um and it, that's a cool experience for me too actually being actually like meet the fans there people someone did ask me about like a discord but i think that would be might be a little bit too much i think ultimately i if i want to create the best content i do have to like be you know cognizant of how much time i spend um making content versus interacting with fans and i think that might take away too much i try and answer as many comments uh as as possible i i, I think eventually as we grow it probably will not be feasible to address them all but right now i can get to like most of them right yeah and i've seen that i've seen that on your videos um which is is really cool but i know it takes up a lot of time and uh gets gets exhausting and it's interesting you're so right about what that disney ceo said about uh you know people want to want to touch mickey mouse um there's been some unfortunate news i've heard in the past week about female streamers they seem to get quite the audience uh putting it mildly but um it seems to be different you know i'm pretty sure when you're a guy running something a little bit more niche like battle tech rather than being like pokemon there are definitely if you go so if you go on twitch i mean there are definitely like uh girls that really get really thirsty for uh male vtubers like pretty anime boy vtubers i think the line gets a little blurred when uh when it's not a person right and it's it's anime character yeah. But it goes both ways. I think it's definitely harder for uh, women with like harassment and uh, men and stuff. Well, hope the stalkers don't uh, get too crazy about the little chumi orange blob. About, a, about, blob. A, about yeah. the slime. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a couple. Slime of is in these days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the one thing Otto has is, is all the curves in all the right places. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. Um, well, as far as like a uh, little, little battle tech portion of this goes, I'm good Leland. I don't know if you have any more questions on this or if you want to move on to the actual YouTube section. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've, we've already kind of naturally almost segued ourselves into it, uh, as is. So, so I know, uh, I mean, quite a number of our recent guests have actually been, been YouTubers as we've alluded to earlier in the episode, uh, or at least Moby anyways, it's, it's the majority of. Uh, is content consumption, and I frequent YouTube quite a quite a bit. I mean, it's just so funny. A platform like YouTube, uh, like you say, you 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 picked this kind of one or the other thing, one of your, one or the other of your of your passions, right? And you're able to, I think, on YouTube, just the platform itself is 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 unique and continues to be unique because you can you can find a niche 
you can develop content in that niche or you can be a part of the following of that niche but still find it you know because it's it's there either and if it's not you can make it right so i really i think that i that's what i love about youtube um there's a lot of things i think to hate about youtube at least from a, a consumer of the videos I imagine there's quite a bit that is, can be frustrating being a creator of those videos as well. <laughs> I don't know if we want to get into all of all of that, but really we're going to talk about, and hopefully you can lead us into. You, you, you mentioned up front that you are you're you're new to the game, so I think it's always a, a nice, unique perspective from the newcomer as well, right? Because I mean. We're all, I mean, Moby and I are, 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 we want to learn, right? We want to learn and we want your knowledge. So, and I'm sure a number of listeners uh, could feel the same way. Um, I just think that a lot of people, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but it seems like a lot of people, you, you look at a number of, of creators and some creators definitely put in more effort than others, other creators. But I think it's easy for, it's easy for someone not, well-versed in how it actually works and how much work actually goes into it. Uh, even like pod podcast production, right? It's very easy for someone to think, Oh, you just sit down in front of a microphone and, and talk about something, but there's so much more that goes into that. Right. It, it, there's so much more that goes into content creation. Actually, I think, uh, the, the top, the most, the, the job that kids most want say they want to be, they want to be YouTubers. Or yeah. Want to be like yeah. Yeah. Influencers right now. Yeah. <laughs> So interesting. Ugh. What do you think of the term influencer? I don't know. It it seems, it, I think it has a little bit of a negative connotation with me. It's like, oh, I'm, inf I'm, I'm influencing. So I'm so popular. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that word, but, um, I can see why. Um, but yeah, it's not just, um, it's not just getting up there and talking about, um, whatever you want. Um, it's, a, it's a, I think for me, it, for me, at least there was a, there was a significant amount of thought that kind of went behind, uh, went behind it and a bunch of research and stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. I think a lot of, uh, I mean, think of what's natural for, for any, any show at the output, um, perhaps without some of this forethought that you've put into your channel, you, you kind of, you start developing and then you find your voice as you're developing the show as you're as you're creating the show whether again whether it be videos or podcasts or and that you know can be come down to structure or 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 personality maybe you want to portray in, in your videos and or audio production um i know that was that was certainly the case for our show and while we've stuck to our three pillars that the podcast the tea at podcast is about board games, movies, and video games, uh, a lot's changed. A lot changes for us in, in five years. So have you had any would you, any changes that you would remark as significant since you've started your channel? So I started out with a bunch of research on how to create a channel and then went ahead and made videos. And as I went along, um, I paid attention to my audience and I paid attention to the analytics. So um, the analytics, YouTube wants you to win. So when you like four days after you drop a video, you can pop into the analytics and it'll tell you exactly where the person clicks off or like exactly where your audience clicks off. So you can say like, okay, if I make three different chapters, like I make a chapter about a mech, I do the offense, the defense, and like maybe the mobility of a mech, let's say. And I 
spend too long, if I spend like, you know, three minutes talking about the offense, I can bookmark that and I can see, oh, I lost 7% of my audience here. So I, the, I, something went wrong with this section. So I shouldn't do that anymore. And that's kind of, that's the analytic side of kind of improving the, improving the process. So with each video that came out, um, I'm looking at the analytics and I'm looking at like, okay, where did, what, where did I lose people? Where did people, where did I retain people? And then on the qualitative, uh, the qualitative side, I'm reading the comments and I'm seeing like, okay, what did this guy like? What did this guy not like? Um, and I see like an actual portion that came out. There are two portions that came out, um, out of reading the comments. One was, um, one was, uh, Lance compositions. So I'm like, I'm the, the mech videos are not the same. Like they're, they're 80% the same. And then like maybe 20 to 15% innovation. Right. I'm just like making new things that I think are cool. Um, and they said like, Hey, I really liked, um, like, I really want this new Lance composition thing. Like, I want to see how I can play the mechs or, and then I saw a lot of comments. I'm like, Hey, I really like. Um, how to pilot. I wish you made this section bigger. So in the next couple of video, like in the next, you know, the next video or whatever, the video after that, I'll expand that section and we'll see how it, um, we'll see how it goes. And then I can look at the analytics and like, see, see what's working. And then if more people say it's great, then great. If, if, if people are clicking off, then um, I'll pull it. But yeah, so it's reading the, reading where people click off, reading where people are clicking on because for the, for the, for the customization, um, people, I could see that people actually click there. Like they, they, okay. If I'm being boring they're but they're clicking to the customization. They want to see what custom mech that I'm building. So yeah. So constantly, constantly improving. Right. Right. I, I do like that. Uh, seem, seem, seemingly trial and error. Maybe that's a oversimplification of, of, of your process you just explained. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. It's just, you're feeling your way forward and then you're, um, for me, for me, it was like kind of feeling my way forward and, and then paying attention to like what my audience is saying and paying attention to what the data is saying just to improve incrementally. Yeah. 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 I, 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 that's another great thing about YouTube is those analytics. I mean, it, it's allowing you to figure out how large that voice, you know, that, that, that criticism or, or uh, uh, confirmation, how large of a percentage of your audience that actually is representing because I mean, someone can just, you know, bitch and complain all they want on all your videos it could be like it could be one person complaining about a specific a aspect, and it's like, okay, great, I just went through all the time figuring out whether or not it was some asshole just <laughs> trolling me, or if this is something that my general audience, the, the wider audience, is going to agree with, kind of thing. Yeah, um, I mean, even those those um, people that are very critical about it, because the game's so old, you have some kind of like older people that are a little bit more. Uh, yeah, they, they know a lot about the game. Um, so, and then because the video is so technical, I try and, you know, check and double check everything. Um, and then if something's wrong, I'll issue like a correction, right? Oh, this isn't, I got this whatever wrong. But yeah, there are, there are haters. Um, there are people that, I mean, I've seen it where people, whatever, like complain about your video, but I, I, I feel I've seen enough of them to, um, I don't know if it really matters. And then a lot of, uh, some, like, not a lot of the time, but there are, there are some people that complain and they're actually um, like mathematically wrong. So it's <laughs> so like, well, right. I guess that's the benefit of uh, working with like, you know, like you say, like you, a lot of it is like statistics, right? It's part is a large part of your, your content. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Some people are, I mean, some people that 
complain are wrong and some people um some people have like legit you know something legitimate to say or they have a um they have an opinion and for those people you know definitely take into account yeah sure sure well i mean that's i think it also is is uh a huge part of it is is you understanding your own content as well right and and i imagine there are plenty of times where you you'll read something and be like okay, I know I don't need to address this because like, like you say, this is like <laughs> categorically incorrect or maybe it's like a recommendation of, of, of something completely 180 from what you're trying to do and what you're trying to produce kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, haters going to hate, right? <laughs> what are you going to, what are you going to do? I know you always get like that one unusually cranky person on your comments. I'm not meaning you specifically, but, but everyone it's like, this content's crap. I can't believe it was made. Everything is wrong. And you're like, whoa, dude. Like, you know, who put cyanide in your cereal today or something? I had one guy uh, unsubscribe because I raided the Urban Mactulo. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> you raided it too low. Yeah. He's like, I can't believe you raided it so low. I'm unsubscribing. All right, dude. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Leland, 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 there's a story here. The... The Urban Mech is kind of a meme. It's basically a walking trash can with like a tiny laser and then an auto cannon 10 with like almost no ammo. So like people joke about it being really powerful or they joke about how terrible it is. But nonetheless, everybody jokes about it. So for this guy to oh. unsubscribe because <laughs> it doesn't get a great rating, he's basically saying you're you're being serious about this mech instead of right. subscribing to the meme or something. I don't know. That's just weird. <laughs> That's just weird. But uh, Otto, you mentioned um, doing some research before you started your channel. I'm just kind of curious uh, what what kind of research you looked into. Uh, there are actually a bunch of um, YouTubers that talk about getting into streaming um, and getting into like video creation. So one of them was um, Stream Scheme. They have a bunch of videos kind of good to get started. There was um, Senpai Gaming. I think he talked about some interesting... So it was a lot of study and then um, a lot of interviews. So looking at Mr. Beast, um, he did a bunch of interviews and like just listening to what he was saying and trying to pick up on those bits and pieces and adding them to that. Looking at um, streamers like Ludwig and, and trying to like piece piece together grab what he's saying during his interviews and adding that one of the things interesting things that i picked up from mr beast interview was uh he actually was pretty obsessive about a lot of things and he took apart like uh the beginnings or like the hooks um of the of the video so like how people are like getting pulled in to watch the video because you get the most drop off at the very beginning so i so like one of the things i did was just study intros so like i'll play like a mr beast video and like look at okay what does he say in the first 15 to like 10 to 30 seconds? Um, how is he, how is he saying that across a bunch of videos? How many scene changes are there in the first 10 seconds? Um, and then looking at another guy, uh, Beluga, who, whose content is for a little bit more young people, but th those are like really short videos and how he uses sound and how he's like moving the camera and how he's um, telling a, telling a story. So like trying to, pick up on things and then apply them to my own content is there anything specific is there anything specifically you want to i mean not, i've just started right so but there's i think there's a bunch of like easy wins yeah you know i was actually that's kind of what i was going to ask about is if you have two or three easy wins like uh things that 
if you knew right now you would go back and tell Otto when he started the channel, oh, you know, you should do this, this, and this right away, but also maybe two or three things that you've learned the hard way uh, to avoid or that you would have done differently, if there's anything like that. I think it's too soon, right? Because I've only made 11, well, I made 12 videos. I hid one because it was like D&D and it was so bad. I don't think I've rate. I don't think I've made like you know horrendous um, mistakes or had like uh, terrible wins. I mean, it's just, I think it's just too early in the game to like. Oh yeah, do I regret anything or having made mistakes? I mean, eventually I probably will. Like guessing on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let me think. I I think the easy. I mean, the easiest win is, is like just if you have videos that are going out there like um just be critical like just be critical about them like look at the um look at like where people are clicking off like look at how many people you're losing you can look at like your comments and like read like what people like and what they don't like uh you can go onto other channels even and you can read their comments and you can see like oh people really like when they're talking about this or oh they don't really don't like when they're talking about that or like when I watch this video, like, when do I get bored? Like, when do I pick up my phone? When do I click off? Oh, that's something that I shouldn't do. Or, um, yeah, sorry, I'm, I'm rambling. No, but yeah, um, look at look at your analytics. Yeah, um, check where people click off. You can look at where people, yeah, like what people want. You can look at um, the successful videos on, um, on on someone's channel and just see like, oh, this, this, this was a successful um, idea that was pulled off really well. Like there was a small like D and D channel that I saw where like they had some average views, and then if you sort by like most popular, like they had some videos that just like popped off. Like there's one channel that had like a um, video, like a twenty minute video on like taverns or not taverns, like general stores, like how to make your general store more interesting. And so it's like okay, well like they had this banger where that got like two hundred k views. So it's like, you know, how do I don't just like rip it off obviously but like take <laughs> right <laughs> what you what's good about that and like spin like yank it yank it and then like twist it right like twist it into to making your own i think that's what ludwig um one of the things that ludwig says like you can just kind of look at other people's content and then make it your own or like kind of do your own thing those are pretty pretty easy to do yeah anything dnd just put a critical role tag on it but a bing bada boom move on <laughs> this is what uh... grands with that <laughs> 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 <I've>, <laughs> well one one thing the most offensive thing i've ever seen a content creator do on youtube was um it's actually turned into a big series of channels now i forget what the original channel was it might have been called biographics but i guess they had a video that didn't score particularly high and so the producer pinned in the comments section really aggressively like oh you guys don't like um, or you guys didn't watch this video about, I don't know, some naval guy in naval history. We're now not going to do anything ever on naval history again because you're taking food off our tables. And I was like, uh, whoa, uh, that's pretty aggressive. <laughs> like, that's pretty uh, aggressive. And I actually commented back to that guy. I'm like, look, like I do marketing as a career and I'm like, for you to insult your fans by saying they didn't give you enough views on a video that you made, like, I'm like, that's pretty low, man. Like, where's your passion for actually making videos? Yeah, I think, I think he probably, I don't know. I would suspect that 
the the weight of making good content is on the creator, not, not on the viewer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't make a great video because it gets millions of views, right? <laughs> you get the views because it's a good video. To me, I think you probably have to like earn it. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I've just been doing this for three months, right? So I'm just kind of a lot of what I'm saying is just parroting back um, the things I've like picked up from um, like these tutorials or these interviews and then just am applying to it. So I don't have a whole lot of like, I'm not super qualified. Um, it's just like what I'm using right now. And I think that there's a long way to go there's a lot of bricks to kind of like stack up to building uh, my own YouTube channel or like my own house. But those are like the things that I've been using and seem to be working so far. So, so just so listener knows for context, um, Otto and I did do a kind of meet and greet about uh, this beforehand. And you had a great piece of information that I want you to remind me of, which is the threshold for monetization. It was a certain amount of hours viewed. And I think, subscribers but remind me of that yeah 1000 subscribers 4000 watch hours and now you're you're at 1.8 thousand uh, uh 1.8 subscribers so you've hit yeah so you've hit that long ago congratulations what are your hours your view hours like currently? we are at 3000 so yeah uh yeah you need that um my my content seems to be a little bit shorter um than other um stuff i just like to kind of keep it short and sweet and not waste the like i wouldn't say wake waste of your time but like i don't know for me i for me when i watch videos i watch them at like 1.5 speed <laughs> oh or really? two or or two if they're slow like if, if they talk slow i just crank it to <laughs> uh two um i think i just i don't know just growing up in the digital age is just so like just hurry up you know te text text that you mentioned he'll do like you know an hour and a half video on like the left ankle joint of a Jenner mech. So you kind of have to speed up his stuff or else he'll just be sitting forever. Yeah, he's, he's just some pretty interesting. He's like very, um, like he's got, like I don't understand how to do music at all. Um, I don't have music on my things at all. Like he does some pretty good stuff. Like it's inter it's entertaining. It's a, like he'll do like an hour, two hour video. How long? He did like a really long video on a couple of mechs. Um, and that was like pretty interesting. But yeah, I cranked it to like 1.5, but I watched for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey that's cool you know whatever counts one of the things you do i like is you show the availability like the um, percentage that a mech is used by each house it's interesting because you know some of them you get a fairly equal spread like you know the thunderbolt was reasonably equal but some it's like extremes it's like 0.1 percent and then one house has like 30 percent i think the commander might have been like that with steiner having the commander yeah, I mean, as far as uh, questions to start a channel there, I mean, I, I guess this is more like a comment than anything, but I, I think you've done a great job so far, and I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing where you go. Um, I'm obviously a sub, and, and I'll be watching and providing encouragement and feedback as you go, and hopefully jumping on some of those streams, so it'll it'll be a fun journey. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Leland, anything else uh, from your end? Talking about all the lore has actually like got me pretty excited to revisit uh, the BattleTech video game. I I tried to give it a shot. Uh, that was about a month and a half ago. It seemed difficult to me. <laughs> but I'm not very well versed in those style of game though, so like I'm not accustomed to them. 
do you play war games at all no no oh, okay uh i thought you played like did, didn't you play it someone said that you played uh uh hero escape yeah hero escape yeah so Heroesc- is it yeah, Heroesc- Heroesc- i did tell him yeah that's, played that's, yeah, yeah yeah is it similar similar kind of thing like that hero escape with max right <laughs> i mean I, I get on board i'll get on board with that <laughs> imagine you could take your hero escape characters and like swap in and out their armor and their weapons and you're pretty close to battle tech there honestly okay that's cool another hobby to jump into <laughs> leland I, I i know you i know how your mind works there was a great like hour and a half long youtube video on the battle tech lore from the very beginning like how humans discovered faster than light travel and how the houses got formed um i listened to that doing like a few walk slash runs earlier in the summer i'll send you a link to that i think that might interest you okay yeah i'll I'll definitely check it out the the lore of battletech is very deep um i think in a good way it's very interesting how the houses of the inner sphere how they've evolved you know, there's there's kind of like the German house that, you know, likes to use big, strong, like huge mechs, House Steiner, but they're not good commanders. So like they're constantly being blown up just because they're not good. <laughs> okay. There's like <laughs> House Karita. They're like the ruthless samurai. Some of their mechs even look like samurai. Uh, Federated cool. Sons. That's the one that I like. They're like the British. They've got a good economy and they see themselves as the warriors of light, even though they're not really that light nobody is in this dystopian universe but it's kind of cool and then you've got like fringe states on the rim as well called the periphery um which is actually the state of that uh woman lady Urano that you're fighting for in the pc game okay um so yeah r- really cool lore i'll send you send you something over but um yeah before before we hit into our end of show stuff there, um, Nerdy Overanalyzed on YouTube. Uh, any other ways people can find you there, Otto? Anything you want to plug? Yeah, I think pretty much just um, the, ma- the main thing is just the Nerdy Overanalyzed channel. Yeah, I mean, that that's pretty much the main thing. Um, we did launch a Patreon, and we'll kind of see what pans out in a couple months, but that's not necessary. Just, yeah, if anything, if you're interested in Battletech, just come over to Nerdy Overanalyzed, and there's a bunch of... Uh, bunch of mech videos and stuff for you i guess i don't know no i that's that i mean hey that that's how we found you and honestly like it's filled with great battle tech content so far honestly listener someone that's played a ton of battle tech like a shit ton the the stuff that Otto's got up already is fantastic and and like i said i think he's got a really charming approach with the slime boy um briefing his commander on the weapons and the mech i think it's a really good approach so uh, give it a check out, uh, Leland, end of show stuff. End of show stuff. Our website is ttpopcast.com. Uh, the T-Hud Popcast on Facebook, TT Popcast on Instagram. You can check out our show notes on the site, which we will have a link to uh, overanalyzed uh, right there for those interested. And I'm Leland underscore steel on Twitter, and that's who I've been. And I'm Moby. Appreciate you listening to us uh, there, listeners. So... As always, take care, listener. Thanks, listener. Bye-bye.